Hello and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Uh, this podcast reviews the Joe Rogan experience. It takes the best episodes and the most interesting parts of any podcast that Joe Rogan puts on and talks about it. Uh, I hit as many as I can. Uh, the ones that I've listened to, I listen to mostly all of them, like a lot of the fans do. I also have guests on often uh, who are fans of Joe Rogan, have been inspired by Joe Rogan, and they talk about things that they've maybe incorporated into their lives to help them uh, do things more effectively, or they will, um, like me, just talk about a particular podcast that they heard and they enjoyed. This podcast is not affiliated with Joe Rogan. It's like the news is the current events, current events being Joe's podcast, the news being this. All I do is just report on um, what I heard, interesting parts of it, questions I've had, and I expand upon it. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, this week has been pretty fantastic. There's been a lot of great guests and a lot of smart guests. So if you're anything like me, some of it gets confusing. It's hard to follow, especially if later in the week you've got people on like Eric Weinstein. Uh, they or Weinstein. It, they're so smart that a lot of the things that they say are just really tough to follow. So I just kind of I like to pay attention to it, take some notes, write it down try and figure it out and uh you know it, it just retains in my head a little better so i hope this podcast helps for you guys too uh, this podcast this week was podcast 1201 william von hippel great name uh guaranteed that guy had to be a scientist william von hippel uh wrote a new book called the social leap and uh the book basically is who are we and what makes us Happy. He's a psychologist uh, that's really delved into um, kind of like, I guess, paleontology or the study of humans and development from being monkeys and why we're the way we are and, and what we've come up to. So he starts talking to Joe, uh, saying that three million years ago we were monkeys, right? So we were monkeys, as far as we know, and uh, we mostly lived up in trees. Right? So it was a completely different type of environment than we live in now. And uh, later, uh, things changed. We came out of the trees, went into the grasslands. And he's asking, one, why did we do this? And two, what were the changes? And a big part of that is he's saying that when we lived in the trees, we were great in the trees. We were powerful. We had groups to keep us safe. Things worked. That's why a lot of monkeys still live in the trees, in forests, and and so on now, because it works well for them. So why do we move into the grasslands? Because a lot of things have to change. Have to change kind of like the way that we would stand, you know, um, our eyesight, the way our shoulders work, the way that we moved around. Um, a lot of things had to change. So what was the reason for it? And as far as he can tell, why, why did any of that happen? Um, so later on in our development, uh, William is saying that basically we had to develop a strong throwing arm. So even though chimpanzees are much stronger than we are and they can just tear us apart, which is what Joe is always talking about, they can't throw well. So they will pick up an object with almost like two hands, throw it, and there's not very much accuracy. 
right? Because their shoulders and body is really made just for like climbing trees. Once they're on land, they can't really walk well. So everything for them <clears throat> with the way that they look and the way that their heads move, it's to kind of gauge things up and down as well as forward and backwards. Whereas the modern version of us is far more linear. We look just kind of straightforward. We throw that way. You know, our shoulders are different. We can throw far more effectively and far more accurately. And he brings up interesting points with his kids. Like, you know, you have kids and they get in trouble throwing rocks at things or just, you know, breaking some windows with some stones or whatever. Obviously not a good thing to be doing in this society, but there's a reason why they want to throw. This is in their genetics to kind of do this. And, um, and it's kind of like set up that way. Then they take a look at, you know, William starts talking about what do monkeys know? Um, what do they understand in terms of, of uh, where we are? And it looks like fairness is one of the things that they understand. Fairness just in objects, food, reward, uh, also in their sexual selection. He talks about um, an experiment that was done where a monkey would be rewarded grapes and another one would be rewarded cucumbers for doing the same task and eventually the monkey getting cucumbers gets mad and throws the cucumber back at the scientist doing the experiments it's not that he doesn't like cucumbers as much as he knows the other monkey's getting grapes and he's getting frustrated which is um which is a really cool way of of looking at uh, just what they understand, you would have think that, hey, they would just take the food and that would be the end of it. He talks a little bit about bonobos uh, being polyamorous, that, that type of uh, monkey, a little bit sexually different than others. Um, and and there's what that means is a lot of the males will have sex with a lot of the females, so they're talking about like testicle size and all the rest of it. And uh, a lot of times, it uses a pretty gross term where it's like the last bonobo to have sex with a female kind of washes everyone out washes the sperm out and then that creates their kids so then he talks about humans having uh, testicles that are unnaturally large compared to other monkeys and also like you know penis size is much larger than all the other um, great apes as well and it, it's kind of one of those things that he's saying is kind of um, bred selectively into us um, not, they're not a hundred percent sure why. In fact, when Joe went to um, Italy and he was pointing that out on all the statues, saying, "Oh, the statues of all these ancient warriors have pretty small dicks. Why is that?" And the guide said, "Because if you're seen as having, you know, a huge dick and you put it in your statue, then it's kind of like um, you, you're you're like." You're like a Viking style, you know, you're just like rough and angry here and, you know, you're like a pirate. There's just no real kind of finesse and class to what you are. I don't really understand why they would have drawn that conclusion or what that was, but it was a different time and, and that's how it was explained to him. Then Bill uh, moves, well, William Bill, whatever he wants to be called, moves on to saying about two million years ago, suddenly we have fire. Right? So we're able to cook food 
we now can get to nutrients quicker with less energy. We don't have to forage as much. Um, breaking down meat that's raw or just eating grain and things uh, takes a lot more energy. Uh, so that really slows us down. Whereas with fire, you can break down nutrition. You're kind of cooking the proteins. They denature and you can get to uh, the calories quicker. So during this time, uh, the brain doubles in size. Now, it's still not as big as ours, but it's a lot bigger than it was. And uh, uh, also you see this because our small intestine is a lot um, shorter than other apes because we don't require as much of it to get the nutrition out. So we've got smaller intestines, larger brains, which is kind of indicative of uh, a creature that's found a better food source. And in our sense, the same food source, we're just able to like cook everything down. We're basically pre-digesting it in some sense. Um, also, we started to make really good sharp tools. And, uh, and, and by doing that, it also suggests kind of like the division of labor because there's different stages to the tool making. So somebody might just like bash out a rock or a flint and get something fairly sharp. And then someone else that's more skilled in just chipping it into a really symmetrical, fine piece of, of equipment would then later do that. So that was pretty fascinating. And they also have noticed that elephants were being killed, which is pretty significant because they're so massive that that shows that people were working together in pretty significant numbers in order to take these things down. Uh, he talks a little bit about chimps having a partial of mind, I think is what he called it. Uh, they don't believe that other chimps can believe in different things as much as, uh, so for example, if a, if a chimp parent is showing their chimp kid something, like how to break open a seed with a stone, they don't really understand the kid doesn't know. They just hit the thing in front of the kid the baby monkey, and the monkey eventually with a lot of practice figures it out. But for humans, we know what makes us quite a lot different is we understand that they won't know it. So we show them in different ways until they learn through practice that they will do it that way. And that's how humans are kind of better at passing on knowledge in that sense. So um, Joe was saying that he understands that some chimps have reached the stone age from what he's heard like they're using tools but what william was saying is not really in a sense yes but not really because they still struggle with passing that knowledge on and the knowledge is very limited so humans can understand what our young don't understand whereas the monkeys don't really so humans copy things exactly even though some things seem redundant right so chips will skip that chimps will because they see it as a useless part of the operation, whereas other humans will just do exactly what the person before did and copy that over time because that person is alive and doing things, right? It, it's kind of complicated, uh, and I don't really understand all of it, but but again, it's one of these podcasts where you gotta spend some time and you gotta, you gotta really listen, but it's super, it was super fascinating, right? And, um, you know, he's talking about how these things, these traits were really important. You had to have value within your group. You had to learn the skills of the people that were around you and the creatures that were around you because 
really back then there there was no law enforcement. If you weren't annoying people in your tribe, they could just kill you for being a pain in the ass. I mean, it was simple as that. Uh, they move on to something that Joe finds very interesting. Animals like to get high. Uh, they they William talked about how elephants will eat over ripened fruit. And then Joe starts talking about how jaguars will get high on DMT and uh, they, they eat some sort of root or bark or something that has a lot of DMT in and they get very high uh, that way. Then he brings up ayahuasca, which uh, William never heard of, with MAO inhibitors, monoamino oxidase, stops the process of breaking down DMT and that's what you have in the drinks like ayahuasca. So that's why you get kind of a, a different effect because your body can't break it down quite as quickly. And uh, it just talks about like how some animals would do this. Like jaguars have been seen to be very high. You can watch videos of that on YouTube. It's pretty funny. Definitely worth checking out. Um, and then he gets into quite a fascinating part of his knowledge, which is uh, the genetics of you define you. So your parents don't have a lot to do with this. Uh, with who you become, you're mostly set at birth. Joe struggled with that a little bit because like any parent who tries hard to be a good parent, he probably has pride in the fact that, you know, he's working hard to make sure his kids don't get fucked up. And I struggle with this a little bit too because, uh, you know, if you come from a tough home, then you know how difficult that can kind of define your life. So... Really, I wasn't 100% sure what point he was making. Uh, more so, I just didn't understand it. But at the same point, he's working with people that are the forefront of this. They're trying to find the right answers, not necessarily biased answers. He seemed super trustworthy as an investigator and scientist. So maybe there is something to it. Maybe when we all get mad at our parents or our upbringing or circumstances in life, Maybe they're not anywhere as important as we think, and we have all the tools already mapped out, and any issues we have, we were always going to have them. So it's important to just find your solution to kind of get out of those things. Maybe that's true. Who knows? Uh, they move on to the mapping of genes and how complicated they are. Joe brings up an important point that computers are getting smarter every day, and uh, eventually a computer could be so advanced that it could just map all of the genes and all of the things that they do um, combined with all of the others. And then you can use CRISPR to start making, um, you know, human beings better in that sense, um, which, which is cool. I mean, that's very possible. So Bill talks a little bit about how, you know, the idea of his, his book helps give you some insight to your own behavior. That's kind of like the point of it. And, and you know, Joe... Joe repeats how important that is and, and explains that, you know, he tries not to be so attached to ideas. He wants to learn and listen. He has his ideas, but he doesn't necessarily want to fight for them. He's just kind of like, that's my idea until I find something a little bit um, that, that sounds more correct. And then they talk some about uh, spicy foods and why they exist and how you get more chilies and spices the further you move to the equator. And William is saying it's basically because there's more pathogens. You know, if you go to Sweden, there might just be a couple of pathogens. But if you go to uh, the equator, there's going to be a lot of different diseases wiping you out. So there'd be salt and pepper and chilies and spices and curries and, and, and garlic and all these different things. And it's to help kind of sterilize 
your food and your stomach with antibacterial properties. And then ends up talking about alcohol and how it was very important for our ancestors to develop because uh, it sterilizes the water, which was a real issue. Tons of dysentery. And uh, if you've got livestock around and things like that, uh, a lot of the water supplies get poisoned. So you want them to be alcoholic. Anyway, it was a fantastic conversation, uh, a really good podcast, absolutely fascinating. Would I recommend taking out a pen and paper for it? Hey, if you want to learn about a lot of this stuff, it wouldn't be a bad idea. So check it out. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cheers.